0: by now yeah he is, he is risen all right for those of you who are like what is that it's like I didn't get the, any inside lingo no one prepped me for that all right so at Many churches across uh, the world, you're sort of like Sunday morning greeting is He is risen, then everybody else responds with He is risen indeed. It's sort of like an insider thing. So if you're an outsider, welcome. If you're watching online, welcome. We're going to try this one more time. If you're watching at home, make sure you chime in with He is risen indeed. Here we go. He is risen. All right. My name is Chris Plekenpol. I'm the lead pastor here at Wells Branch Community Church. I am so glad that you are here. And if you're like, listen, Chris, I don't really do church. Uh, in fact, I think you guys are a bunch of weirdos and I got drugged here by my wife and uh, I am just going to endure this. I'm glad you're here too. This is, this is for you. And um, instead of like checking out uh, you know, potential, you know, your NBA like, picks to see if they're going to work for the playoffs... Listen, I want you to text me at this number as I'm talking, and then I want you to ask questions. We talk about faith, culture, and everything in between here, and those podcasts come out throughout the week, and I would love to engage uh, you right where you are at. Okay. Now, I know that Sunday mornings are hard, and if you have a child uh, that's like under five, it is harder. Did you guys know that? Okay, yeah, good. This is not, this is not new news. Uh, and, and of course, on Easter, everything goes wrong, which is why you guys are at the 1045 service, the, the 9 a.m. service, right? <laughs> I, I get it. I've been there. Uh, we have, I have a nine-year-old. He's only 20 days away from being nine, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. And um, yesterday, we did Easter baskets because apparently Easter Bunny gives us special treatment because we do Easter services here. And uh, so uh, Adrian made Easter baskets for the boys and Paxton, our three-year-old, pulls out a pencil, and he goes, it's a stick! (laughs) And he was very excited about his stick uh, until, until Titus had a, I don't know, it was like a little dinosaur egg thingy. I don't know what it was, but it was really cool to Titus, and therefore the stick was no longer as cool as he thought it was, and it created a massive meltdown. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I get an amen from the congregation? Yeah, we all have experienced a a moment of meltdown when our child. So what I do with Pax is I pick up Pax, I put my face to his face, and I'm like, take a deep breath. And I don't know if it's just like my face looks weird like a pow pow fish or, you know, I'm not sure what's going on, uh, but he stops crying and eventually the, and eventually, we kind of land the plane at like calm, okay? And I think for a lot of us, when it comes to Easter Sunday and the resurrection, there is a lot of opportunity for us to take a deep breath in the peace that we have because Jesus rose from the dead okay that's why we're gathered here and but what i think what happens is a lot of other things start messing with our peace and uh because i'm a church person i'm going to come up with three things that's kind of everything just comes in threes around here that's how we roll so we got fear futility and fatigue the three f's of what takes away your peace at the resurrection so what let's talk about this real quick here's here's what a lot of us we don't take a deep breath because of fear in fact we are just we're not going to hold our breath wait for jesus to come back we got to manage stuff. we got to control stuff. we got to take care of business. Because listen, I appreciate Jesus being raised from the dead. I think that's fun fact. Friday, I will leave it there. I, I want us to kind of move on with our lives because um, that doesn't relate to me. And listen, there's creditors and bill collectors, and I haven't seen Jesus paying my bills yet. Uh, there is relationship struggles, and he hasn't sat down for a counseling session yet. There is a lot of things going on, and I'm afraid of, and you wouldn't say this out loud, of course, because you've been at church before and you know that you're not going to present your vulnerabilities ever because that's not what you do but this is you you're afraid and the resurrection is just another thing another story okay or or futility don't waste your breath pastor Pleck, appreciate that but um it is futile listen, all all the things that are going to happen are going to happen. I, like, I, it's, listen, it's all bad. It's all awful. And as much as I can, I'm just going to sort of prepare. I, I got, you know, I'm a prepper. And in many ways, you're like, I've got all my three months of food supply. And then when that runs out, I've got my gun. And then when that runs out, I got, I, you're, you're going to like, because it doesn't matter. This life is all there is and everything's futile. And we're just going to live here to exist. And so when we talk about the resurrection, you're like, That's not practical. Don't waste your breath. Or maybe it's fatigue. Listen, you're all about Jesus when you can get time. You'll carve out some time for him, you know, when this season of life is over. Because, you know, right now you're in that season. And if everybody heard your story, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense because it's really hard and you're really tired. And, and you're operating, and you, you listen, you're all about that. You would love to be serving children children's this right now if you had the energy to, but you were up till three last night, and it's exhausting, and you're, you've got a lot of fatigue. And can I give you the churchy word for this? Like, if, if you're not a church person, this is the word. We use this word all the time. It's called the flesh, Okay, this is the word. And so what it means is you're operating not in the spirit of God. You are going to say, I'm going to grunt it out. I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to do my part because doggone it, Jesus needs me on the team. (laughs) And last time I checked, he has the whole world in his hand. And I think sometimes we feel like we're like partnering with Atlas or something to hold it all up. And we operate, Christians, Christians, this is us, we operate right here and we get tired and we get wounded and we get burnt out and then you, that's why you left the last church because they didn't understand you and and you worked so hard and they didn't appreciate you and that's why you're here. Hey, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Um, (laughs) And next Easter, that church will welcome you too, so way to go. Um, that's, that's really harsh. Okay, keep going. Keep going. That's too much. All right. So what ha- I want you to see that the Spirit of God that lives in you is, is something that's bigger than you could ever fathom or imagine. And we're going to get our hearts and we're going to sink our lungs into this because I want us all to take a deep breath and enjoy the fact that Jesus has come and we have hope unlike the rest of the world that's just sitting there going, we better have a better plan. All right. All right, so here we are. We're going to start in John chapter 20. If you don't have a Bible, you can use a sweet digital one, and that way you can kind of go back and forth between texting me and your Bible, or or you can pull out a black, bound one. If you don't have a Bible at all, this is our gift to you. Welcome to Wells Branch Community Church. We hope you come back, and we want everyone to have a copy of God's Word, so please enjoy. Okay, and we're going to be in John chapter 20, and that's on page 906 of the Bibles that are all around here. And we're going to pray and ask God to bless the proclamation and reading of his word. Okay? Would you guys pray with me? Father God in heaven, we are about to bring forth your word and power. Holy Spirit, would you anoint the reading? Would you anoint the teaching? Would you anoint it all? Would you hide me behind the cross? Uh, Take my own flesh out. Put your full spirit in. Lord, I pray that... um, Somebody here who hasn't heard of you, about you, doesn't know what it is to know you, will be transformed this morning. And then we walk out of here not as people who just did Easter, but people who met the Savior. Your God, we love you. To Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, Amen. All right, we're going to be in uh, John chapter 20. And let me just, I'm going to do a little bit of a recap for you. So uh, Mary and the other Mary and the other ladies all roll out to the tomb on Sunday morning. They've been waiting for this since Friday because they saw that a rush job of a burial was done. And so the ladies are bringing out like the proper anointing spices. And so they're approaching the tomb and somebody's like, did somebody think of how we're going to roll the stone away? And they're like, well, ah, don't worry about that we'll figure it out when we get there. Does anybody else have that mentality about life? We'll figure it out when we get there. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then anyway, they, they show up and the stone's been rolled away. There are angels around. They do a little freak out. Uh, why are you looking for, the angels go, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is risen. Mary goes back, gets the, tells the disciples, Peter and John race out to the scene. Peter does a Thorough inspection. John looks from the outside, then walks in, and then they go home. It's kind of a really anticlimactic scene there at uh, twenty, all the way up to twenty verse ten. Then Mary just loses her mind, and I want to just kind of you to capture this. Here is Mary. It's Sunday morning. She was devastated on Friday. Crying all Saturday. She got all the stuff she needed for Sunday morning and she made her way out there. And now, not to add insult to injury, Jesus is not there. And I want you to see this that nobody was expecting nobody in the tomb. I mean, because I mean, if I were rewriting Christianity, if I were making this up, can I just give you my this is how I would do it if I make it up? I would make myself look really good and be like, okay. And then Chris got there early to the tomb, and he was the only one there that really knew that Jesus was risen from the dead. And I'd be like, all right, everybody, five, four, three, two, one, da 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 da, Jesus! And then I'd make the stone roll away, and I'll you know, pray it's Jesus, and everyone's like, what's up? And I was like, I was the one that knew, I, I didn't doubt. But nobody expected nobody in the tomb. All right? So then Mary loses it, right? She's crying. And then all of a sudden, she looks up, and she sees the gardener. And she's like, there it is. There's the problem. Isn't it true? Whenever whenever you're in pain, everybody else is the problem. She looks up. She sees the gardener. Just tell me where you put him. I'll go find him, and I'll rebury him right. And the gardener, who actually turns out to be Jesus, looks over at Mary, and he's like, Mary. Mary, to which when Mary hears her name like that, she wakes up. And all of a sudden she sees Jesus and she does what any normal human being would do that just saw him be crucified on Friday and have him completely obliterated and buried. She runs up and hugs him. And like there's this moment. I mean, this is the pivotal scene of all like literature. All points back to the great like it's he was dead. Now he's alive. Everything was hopeless. Now there's hope. And she's got her arms wrapped around him. And Jesus says this. Hey, quit clinging to me. A little needy right now. Don't know if we can go there. All right. No, no, look at this. And like, because this is the moment. It's like Mary, her whole life has been transformed. He's alive. Give her a cuddly moment or something, Jesus. But the resurrection wasn't for Mary alone. He says, hey, go and tell the disciples. I have risen. Okay, so she's got mission right off the bat. Now, look at this. Chapter 20, verse 18. That's been her experience that morning, okay? Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. To which, that's pretty exciting news. And that he had said these things to her. Pretty much all the stuff, go and tell him. I I couldn't cling, I had to tell. Okay, here I am. And on the evening of that day, now this is important because this sounds redundant. On the evening of that day, and just in case you were wondering, in case you forgot, we're still on the same day, the first day of the week. It's that day. Because here's what you're going to find. This should be massive celebration. This isn't like a long time. And then Mary is like, she, has, you know, she had bad memory issues. It was like, you know, this is like weeks later. No, that day, the first day of the week. The doors being locked, this is weird, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. So she announces it, but it doesn't change the fear. I have seen the Lord. This hap- She's seen the Lord in the morning, later in the evening. They're all gathered together. They need to talk about this. They lock the door. And we're not talking like, you know, simple, you know, one little deadbolt. We're talking like we are going to, like, we are inside, padlock the thing inside. There's no way in. There's no way out. We are terrified because the Jews just crucified Jesus. And they don't want to be associated with Jesus because when you're associated with Jesus and he's just been crucified, there's a good chance you could be crucified too. And so what's going on here is that fear, watch this, fear turn Mary's message into wasted breath. He's alive! And they are still operating like it's still Friday. Now, this is, this is what's strange about it. It's, it's not just that Mary, Mary saw it in the morning. In Luke 24, it says that somehow Jesus appeared to Simon, a.k.a. Peter, and two other disciples on the road to Emmaus. And so here he is that evening, and fear is still the primary emotion driving the aura of the room. Now, I was trying to think of like an illustration to, to sort of what that's like. Okay, it's, it's like this. Okay, here we, go, here we go. You guys know elephants in Southeast Asia? Of course you don't know elephants in Southeast Asia, but I'm going to tell you about elephants in Southeast Asia. First off, did you know that African elephants have tusks and Asian elephants don't? There's you learned something today already. Here we go. Now in Southeast Asia, in the sort of third world, in the villages where they have elephants, uh, the calves, the baby calves, the baby elephants, they wrap a massive chain around their leg. And they grow up learning that the chain is going to hold them back and restrict them. And it hurts. And they have massive scars. And PETA doing massive protests. It's sort of what you do. And then all of a sudden they get older and they don't need the chain anymore. All they need is a piece of twine. And all of a sudden, as, as the elephant sort of moves, it feels the tension of the twine. It's like, eh, it remembers the pain. And so although it's completely free and completely powerful enough to snap twine, it's still locked up in its mind. So Somebody didn't hear me. Even though he has all the power to snap the twine, he's still locked up in his mind. That is how I think a lot of us have, as Christians are living. Can I just be honest with you? like you've got this resurrection story. Uh, I've announced it. Other people have announced. It, they're like, he is risen. And you're like, yay. Okay. Now what we got to do is we got to p- financially plan because um, we're, if we run, if the stock market does a decrease, okay. If the rental in, environment and the mortgage prices go up and there's this huge inflationary gap where, and you are like the, the, the resurrection has no part of your every day. Zero, zero part of your day. And this is where you're like, no, I'm a Christian. I, I believe in, Jesus you've stolen the label because fear is the primary emotion that is overpowers the message that he rose from the dead because if the the people out there the Jews out there that want to kill you if you have power over death You ain't afraid of those that have power of death. So so I think that's where we struggle. That that is the the struggle. And I want to kind of illustrate this with a a real-life situation. Um, This morning, uh, we baptized two people. It was pretty awesome in the first service. Uh, And uh, one of them was a woman named Allison. And Allison had come uh, to faith in the in Christ after uh, somebody we had a strip club ministry a couple years back and uh, some of our ladies went into the strip club shared the gospel inside the strip club in the locker room or wherever you do things there and then uh, they she heard the message Allison did and on her way home one night she's like all that stuff that that girl said I want it but it didn't connect to her life. Until one day she moved into a new house, or a neighbor invited her to church. It happened to be the same church, and she was living in Georgetown, and it happened to be the same church that, invi- that may- met her in the gentleman's club, and so she came. And so she heard the message, and then uh, I preached the gospel, and she heard it, and she's in tears. And then my wife, Adrian met with her, and she heard it, and she was in tears. And then Jessica Nelson, one of our staff members, she, she heard from her, and she was in tears. And eventually she's like, can I talk to a pastor about my relationship? And I said, we need to stop talking about your, ver- your horizontal relationships until we get your vertical one right. Did you know that Jesus died on the cross for you and he rose from the dead and she uh, prayed to receive Christ and she's like, I get it, I understand it now and I I want that. And then I then I, and she said this, it was just a, an interesting thing as we were like talking about her new life in Christ. She's like, I don't think I'm gonna go back to the gentleman's club. And I was like, that's a weird way to put that. <laughs> what do you mean you don't think? She's like, well, I don't want to, but listen, you don't understand. I've got two children, and when there's no support and there's bills to be paid, who's going to do it? I haven't seen Jesus pay any bills lately. And I said, oh, you're going back to the fear. You're locking yourself in to keep controlling the situation. And then all of a sudden, sort of the Spirit of God kind of came over, and she's like, I guess what I mean is like, I know I can be tempted and I know the power of God is so great and I need help to trust him. I said, there you go. Because we're all fallen, broken people. And that's why you have the church to encourage, to rebuke and say like, you can do it. We, are, we believe in you. What do you need, money? We got you money. What do you need, uh, friend? Friend, you need an ear? We got ears. That's, what, that's why we have people here who are the literal body of Christ to walk alongside people in the darkness of night. So that we don't have to live in fear. Yeah. All right. So what? It, so what we're really saying is that an encounter with Jesus is needed. Now, watch this. Jesus shows up. Jesus came, and he stood among them. Now, remember, the doors are locked, and somehow, and this is like, no, okay. <laughs> All right. Jesus rose from the dead. That's convenient. Then he walked through walls. Okay, Avengers, let's go. Like, I feel like what happens is we sort of take the reality like. This is. I mean, come on. I mean, can we just be honest with ourselves at least for five minutes? He walks through walls. Listen, if he can create the world with the breath of his mouth, if if his words create worlds, then he can walk through walls. Okay, I feel like we get so caught up on like the reality, like nah, that couldn't happen, just because you've never walked through walls. <laughs> get, it, I get it. Jesus came, locked door, stands in their midst. And he said to them, peace be with you. And all of a sudden the fear ebbs. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Why his hands and his side? Because he don't look like he was just whipped to a bloody pulp anymore. He's got scars, but these, they're healed. And so they look, and they see where the nails went. They see where the spear jabbed into his side. Because, listen to me, this is what's so valuable. Thomas, Thomas didn't believe it, right? He had to see. Because then when the disciples were glad, when they saw the Lord, they saw the scars, they saw the side, and they're like, okay, okay, okay. But Thomas, Thomas wasn't there. Somehow he didn't get the memo that they were having a meeting that night, or he was out getting bread or milk or whatever. And so uh, there's Thomas late to the party, and he's like, come on, guys. He walked through walls, number one, come on. Two, he died. Dead people don't get up unless it's Jesus. And Jesus said to him, you believe because you have seen. Blessed are those who have not seen yet still believe. And that's you and me. We're like those in there that just heard the message from Mary. He's risen. In fact, here's what's so cool about this. I want you to see this. The, did you know that it wasn't because of the teachings of Jesus that people were persecuted? Because all these guys... like. John, the writer, he'd be exiled off to Patmos to live all by himself alone. Uh, Peter would get his head chopped off, like uh, James would get killed by Herod. Uh, it all went bad for everybody, OK? Everybody would have a bad day because they trusted Jesus. And you know what their message was not? Here's what they didn't get killed for or persecuted for. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That didn't kill them. In fact, people are like, no, that's cool. All right, yeah, I like that. Here's what they didn't get killed for. Render unto God what is God's, and to Caesar what is Caesar's. In fact, everyone's probably like, if you're in the government, hey, he likes taxes. I'm down with that. Uh, what, he didn't get, what they didn't get murdered for, persecuted for, was if someone strikes you on the one cheek, just to be like, hold on, let me shine up this one for you. I'll be the Jesus punching bag. Like, that is not what they were murdered for. That's not the way they were perse- you know what they were persecuted for. When Jesus said something like this, I'm the way and the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And you can't come to the Father unless the Spirit draws you and you can't have access unless you believe that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, because His His body took on sin. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf so that we might be the righteousness of God. That is where our freedom lies. And that's why the scars become so important. But look at this. It took a living, breathing Jesus. That's what turned fear to gladness. That's what turned fear to gladness. And I feel like there's a a part of us here that, you haven't had an encounter with Jesus. Again, we, we, maybe you have an eight-year-old faith. Remember that? You went to vacation Bible school somewhere. I, my mom dropped me off. <laughs> you know, that's because I was a kid and it was summertime and there was no school and mom needed a break. And there I went to vacation Bible school and they told me about Jesus and I believed it. But from the time of 8 until 22, it was all, uh, I guess I'm a Christian because I did that thing because I didn't have an encounter with Jesus. Um, back in October, uh, two ladies started coming to church and uh, they would sit like right over here and I was like, huh, I need to go meet them. And you know how like, um, I know none of you would do this because you are way above all that. But after the sermon, they would dart out while the song last song was still being played, so they wouldn't have to talk to anybody. It's a great if you don't want to talk to anybody. Here's what you do. The other okay, here's the, if you don't want to talk. To, if you sit front row, everyone assumes you already know everybody. Okay, that's for free. All right, <laughs> all right. So they would dart out of here, and eventually one day, like uh, I saw that uh, there was a man with the ladies. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna go. In, and they'd like stalled for some reason. I was like, ah, got you. And I went and I met uh, Jose. And I said, Jose, I have a, a community group of men that meet in my house. Uh, why don't you come out and, and, and come to that? And he's like, okay. And I was surprised it was that easy. Like you just have to ask somebody and they'll come over. Shocking. And so anyway, he came. And I, I sat down, I was like, so, you know, what's your church background? He's like, I think I've been to Catholic church a couple times but I haven't been in a long time and I don't understand half the stuff you're talking about on Sundays I'm like alright I gotta put the cookies on the bottom shelf got it um, so I went over to the gospel I said so do you understand that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose to the dead and he was like I know you've said that it's not really I mean it's words and I don't understand the words because you can understand what the words mean but it has an effect on your heart yet Do you guys know that and so he would keep coming to our men's group. He'd keep coming to church on Sunday. He was just sort of trying to take it all in. And his mind was like, I have to be a perfect person before I can receive Jesus. And he felt a lot of shame and guilt. And there was no hope. Because his marriage was tough. He had some issues with work. And finances were tight. And one day, going through the bathroom, he just grabbed his gun Picked it up, looked at it, said, you know what, this is too hard. Stuck it to his head, pulled the trigger, and the hammer clicked, but didn't fire. And all of a sudden, everything that I had been saying, like Jesus died on the cross for you. He rose from the dead. He's the power over death. All of a sudden, it clicked all i don't know how that works like i don't understand how like god works on people i don't know how he stays bullets and doesn't allow things to fire i don't know how that all happens but what i do know is that he intervened in that moment and all of a sudden jose went from like i am broken and hopeless to i have jesus in my life he died on the cross for me he rose from the dead and we'll be baptizing him today What I feel like happened for him is that he meant to put a bolt in his head and he got Jesus instead. <laughs> and listen, it's not like his circumstances changed like that. I mean, he's still married to the same woman, which is the best part. Uh, work is still hard, but it's no longer like this feeling like you're suffocating under the pressures of life. There is great hope because Jesus turned fear into gladness. All right. So uh, this last little section here, um, this is for my Christians who just like are my worker Christian people. All right? So if if it's not you, and you're like, that's not me, you can just sort of like look around the room and figure out whose eyes are starting to water. Okay? What happens in our life, Christians, can I talk to you? Is that we get a command from Jesus, and then we fulfill it not out of the spirit, but out of the flesh. And that's why you get angry and you get bitter and you get resentful. Okay. That's why we have issues in marriages because we're so worried about what they didn't do and how much we have done. That's living in the flesh. Okay. That's for free. And so watch this, watch this. Jesus, after he's shown up, he says to them again, now he first, he gives them peace to calm the fear. Now he says, peace be with you because they're all like, you know, freaking out how awesome this is. And then he gives them a little sermon. I don't think these 10 words with the full sermon. I think this is the synopsis of it, the big idea. As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. It's the Great Commission in 10 words. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. And then when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, he gives them a mission. It's it's the same issue that um, Mary had. Mary is like, let's just cuddle for a moment. I just don't want to let go. I want to hold you. I want to hold you. There's Jesus with the disciples. Locked room. Let's keep it locked. Keep the bad people out. Good people in. Hallelujah. We can have our own party here. Jesus, listen. Your kingdom doesn't have, listen, you said it was a narrow road. Here, let's do this. We'll be the ones, The broadest road leads to destruction. That's everybody else. We don't need to tell them anything. Let's just keep this thing going right here. Heaven on earth. Didn't you say that we should pray for that? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Bam, we're here. Let's do it. And Jesus is like, that's not heaven. Heaven is you leaving here, unlocking the door and being exposed to the world and all the darkness and all the Sin and all the brokenness, and I need you to go and tell him that I've risen from the dead. And then he does. Th- I mean, this is weird. Okay, this, you know, Jesus does a lot of bodily function stuff that's just sort of weird. Do you guys notice that he like spitting in dudes' eyes? You know, you're like, okay, I, you know, whatever. Uh, like, yeah, he breathes on them. And this, to me, I, I almost went to that point. Like of when I grab my son, I kind of look at him right in the eye and I take a deep breath. And I, I can imagine Jesus grabbing. Peter, and he breathed on them, and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, why does he do this? Because you know what I think? I think there's a tendency for Peter, and there's a tendency for me to go out and do this without this there's a tendency me to go out and do christian things be a christian person out of the flesh and not out of the spirit what does that look like i'm gonna go lead more people to jesus than anybody else that is pride thank you very much or they're gonna like me if i tell people about jesus that's approval and your god is whoever is the next person or you're your own god that's how that works but when you go and you operate in the power of the Holy Spirit because you are a brand new creation, it's different. Watch this, blow your mind. You ready? This is John 20, 22. He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. There's one other place in the whole Bible where this word breathe is used. It's right here. The Lord God formed the man of dust. Genesis 2, 7. The Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed, same word, into his nostrils, the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Which you're like, Okay, breathe. No, it's breathe and the... Fu- okay, you guys ready for this? Okay, any fu It's like any fu say sin. Any fu say Any fu That's the word. Same word. Now watch. When he breathed the breath of life here, he gave them the... Well, the breath of life and the man became a living creature. He made human beings distinct from the rest of the world. There was all animals. No one else had the ability to be self aware that there is a God and there is a me. And there was a relationship there. The other animals did not have that. They were unique to the whole world. Now, what happened? Genesis 3 happens. And then uh, Adam and Eve rolling through the garden, they see uh, the tree of life. The only thing they were not, don't touch the red button. And there's the red button. And they're like, nah. It looks pleasing to the eye, good to eat. And powerful to make one wise. I want to be like God too. And so they eat of it. And it's high treason. Because what they said is like, God, your word doesn't hold weight with me. I want to be king. Thank you very much. And that breaks the relationship and the fellowship. And from that point forward, God has a plan to restore it. And it comes to this point. Watch this. Jesus goes to the cross. Matthew 15, 37. He breathes out his last breath. And then... He now is risen from the dead, and then he breathed on them to receive the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Because now you are a new creation. What makes you as a Christian distinct from the rest of the humanity is you have the Spirit of God. You are now able to tell right from wrong. You are no longer a slave to fear. You're no longer a slave to sin. You can walk and operate in the power of God. And what I think for a lot of us is we forget that. You can clap for that. It's okay to clap. All right, yeah, we can clap. Yeah, listen. What we forget, we we forget we start operating out of the flesh because somehow the resurrection doesn't apply. And we need an encounter with Jesus to be reminded that he has breathed in us the breath of life. Come Holy Spirit. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is sort of like the God we don't talk about. Like it's just he's awkward and he makes a lot of fuss and makes people crazy and it's weird, right? So I my heart is that you would receive the empowerment of the Spirit to understand that He is here to bless your life, empower you to share the hope of the world. And if you do if you do anything good without the power of the Spirit, it's of the flesh and ultimately it's serving you and not God. And that is why you get angry at your spouse. And you start keeping a record of wrongs. That's why you get angry at your job and they don't understand how hard you've been working because you forgot you're in a mission field and not a place to make more of you. Like that's what happens. When we don't operate here and we operate in the flesh, we're always going to be a little bit angry and just on the edge. And always fired up and ready to just let somebody have it. Especially to those we love the most. Isn't it true? We treat the ones we love the most the worst. And so what Jesus is saying in this is, go and do it in my power. In other words, experience the breath that turned the disciples into new creations to fulfill Christ's mission. Um. One of the people I think that, like, I feel like lives this out probably better than just about anybody is uh, one of the people at our church, Sanjay. And if you've met Sanjay, if you've had an encounter with Sanjay, you will not forget that you had an encounter with Sanjay. Sanjay, on any given day, he's one of our greeters here, and uh, he was at the first two services. And then uh, what he does, what Sanjay does is he's like, uh, hey, have you met my Jesus? picture he'll have like a picture of jesus dying on the cross be like i don't know if you've seen this but that's my lord and he'll walk away like that's the whole conversation you're just sitting there going yeah that, that's great uh, i can appreciate that and i'm the pastor so that's kind of cool i guess to do to pastors but then you are just random person on the street hey have you seen that jesus died on the cross and he rose to the dead that's my lord that's my savior maybe you need to check him out and you're just like so all right that's that's a technique um In fact, his love for Jesus overrides his social awareness. And I think for some of us, our social awareness overrides our love for Jesus. Isn't that true? All right. So what I love about that is like, that's just who Sanj is. There's no amount of like approval, zero getting approval. There's no amount of pride. It's just who Sanj is. He loves Jesus. So Sanj got a new neighbor. (laughs) And his neighbor made the the mistake of accidentally, you know, double parking him, like, you know, where you block him in at his driveway, because it's a duplex thing, and they share a driveway. And so he parks there, and Sanj is like, hey, <laughs> your car is blocking my, my way. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, let me move. He's like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> you want to come to church? Let me tell you about my Jesus. And uh, Johnny was the guy's name. He's just like... Um yeah. Uh may uh, give me a rain check on that one. I'll 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 hit you up later. And and Sanj, like when you say give him a rain check, he's 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 coming back. <laughs> hey! You going to church today? Uh Sanj, not today. Uh I can't. And then so, Hey, you want to church, church, church? No, 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 no. Oh, not today. Yeah, I can't make it. Oh, I got a thing to do. Oh, man, I'm late. I got, no. All right, so he, he went through. And eventually Sanj was like, hmm, I don't think you want to come to church. <laughs> and Sanj asks Johnny, he's like, like hey, listen, uh, sometimes I can be a little over the top, and I'm really working on that. Um, I'm not going to ask you to come to church anymore. And this is one of those moments that you go, wow. Johnny looks at him, he goes, don't you stop asking me. One day I'm going to say yes. Don't give up on me. And one day Johnny was having a rough day. It had been a rough night that had turned into the day. He's looking at his tires. They're currently slashed. He's looking at his life that looks like his tires. And out comes Sanj. Hey, we're we going to church today? And there's Johnny going, yeah. And he gets in Sanj's car. And he gets here early because Sanj is on the greeting team. <laughs> and he's here for the full two services. That's how you do it. If you get somebody, if you drive somebody, they're sort of stuck, right? <laughs> Car sovereignty not working. All right, anyway, so he, he's here, and I, as soon as I see Johnny walk in, he's just like, pfft, tears. And I, I run, I just give him a hug, and I pray over him. I was like, God, would you reveal yourself to Johnny? And then he walks outside, and there's Robert Sass He said, hey, let me share the hope of Jesus with you. And he comes to faith in Christ right there. And we baptized him first service. Balling like a baby. Because Sanj lived out 2 Corinthians 2.2. I'm determined to know nothing except Christ crucified and the power of his resurrection. It's in the Bible. So my hope for us here is we would operate from a place of spirit-driven love. Looking at the world, is a great opportunity to share the hope of Jesus. And every obstacle is another opportunity. Every, every time something goes wrong, and you know how it goes wrong, it doesn't just sort of go wrong. It's like, and you're like, wow, that's a lot. That's, that's a pile. I don't know what we're going to do with that. I get, Jesus must have a great plan. Because what happens, we start trying to, to shovel and we start trying to make it look pretty. As opposed to going, Jesus, do your thing. I need you and I need your church because you know that the body of Jesus is this group right here. And when we can stop, we can start getting over ourselves and start leaning into one another, we get to live out the one another's that Jesus commanded us. All right. So this morning, I, I, I've got a, a question for you. Will you take a deep breath? Will the resurrection impact you powerfully? And if you're like, Chris, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I want Jesus, but there's, it seems like it's so hard. Don't I have to do something? All you do is receive. That's the gospel. It's a free gift so that nobody can boast, so that nobody can say, look how I did it. I worked really hard. I did a lot of great things. Look how good I am. No, it's a gift so no one can boast. And then you can see you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he had planned in advance, you get the opportunity to go and live for him. <laughs> and that is real living. And so this morning, as, as you're sitting here, I, I, I throw, I'm gonna throw up a, a slide. It's the same one that we checked in with, but when you go in here, you click, click on this. There's a thing, that if you scroll down, it says, I want to trust Jesus. Would you click that? put your information in there and let us get back with you. Because if you have an emotional moment right now and you're like, that was awesome. And then no one ever follows up with you. We don't ever come back around side and and walk hand in hand. We are a church that loves God, loves people, but we make disciples is what we do here. So come on, let's go get on offense instead of getting beat down on defense and show the whole world that the love of Jesus lives in you. If you've never done this before, never received Christ my hope is that this would be your day and if you are a Christian and you've been walking living dying in the flesh my hope is that you would unlock the door experience great freedom and do it not in the power of your flesh but do it in the power of the spirit of God Father I thank you. I know that you're doing something here. And Lord, I don't I don't know what you have in store, but I know that there are people here that haven't trusted you with their life yet. And so God, I'm asking that somebody right now would simply say Jesus I'm a sinner. There's not amount not enough stuff I could do good to overwhelm the bad. Jesus died on the cross for all my sin. You rose the dead. Holy Spirit, let me receive you. I breathe you in. Take over my life. Make me the person you want me to be. God, I pray somebody would pray that. They would have echoed those words in their heart. Lord, I'm praying that also for those that do know you, that this Easter was just a Beating to even be a part of and now we're here and we're taking a breath and God I pray that this breath would last and they would not operate out of the flesh but by the spirit and so God I'm praying that there would be a movement of God here that people um, would, wouldn't mind having being, being prayed over in fact after we do baptisms we're gonna have a time of prayer and people would say I don't want to w- operate in the flesh anymore I want to operate in the spirit and they would have they'd, have, they'd come forward and they'd say I'll please pray over me man or woman of god please pray over me and we'd experience the joy of your salvation please god lord we worship you we're so grateful that this date in history marked the beginning of restoration of all the things were broken and thank you jesus for saving me and saving all those here we love you jesus all for your glory we pray and everybody said Isn't it encouraging to see people transform their lives right before your eyes? That's the power of the gospel. It takes dead people, makes them alive. Remember, the gospel isn't about making bad people better. It's about making dead people alive. And that is our only hope. So imagine what would happen if you just took fear and placed it aside because your focus was on the resurrection of Jesus. Imagine if you took futility and you placed it aside and saw your purpose in fulfilling the great commission of sharing Jesus. And imagine getting rid of the fatigue and living in the power of the Spirit as everything you do, you do for Jesus by the power of the Spirit. You take a deep breath and you realize He's got the whole world in His hands. It will change you It'll change your family. It'll change this church. It'll change that city. Would you receive the benediction? Go and be a people filled with faith over fear. Go and be a people who live in purpose over futility. Go and people who live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Go and push back the darkness and have an awesome week of worship. You are sent.